listening to the Michael Papinjack Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's back, the one, the only TMPS, the Michael Papinjack Show. TMPS 109. We are back after a long hiatus. We're back for 2019. It's a new year. It's a new show. All right, here we go. Let's rock. I say that as if like you're gonna, you know, you're out. You're, it's like a, uh, like a morning. Um, it's a, it's the drive if I, or, or morning show where you're gonna be hearing rock and roll music and uh, or music in general besides my you know lovely royalty free music. Here we go. So I have not done a show in. Oh my god, I have no idea. I don't even know when the last show was. I was just looking. It was TMPS 108 with gazelle-like intensity. It was four months ago. My last show, uh, my last official show was four months ago. Holy heck. That is a long time. I don't even know why, what I'm going to be talking about today, but I was uh, in my townhouse. I just had some dinner, and um, I'm, I'm drinking this uh, Weigel whiskey just straight. No mixer, which is very un- unlike me. And I just got I just got inspired. And I have not been inspired to do the show for four months. A lot has gone on in my life in the past four months. Nothing I want to talk about here, unfortunately. Unfor- it's kind of private. It's kind of private. What is going on with my phone? Amber alert. Amber alert. Marjani Aquil. Um... Not doing well. Must be, must be kidnapped or lost or whatever Amber Alert is. Okay, so let's put that down. So here we go. So we haven't done a show in a long time. So what's been going on in the past four months? A lot. A lot has been going on. Still working at Volvo. Still slinging whips, as they say, selling cars. I got my Trump bobblehead here. He's doing great. With government shut down, we had Christmas. We had New Year's. Um, I mean, there's just so much happening. I'm not even sure where to start with this show. So I'm actually probably just going to start with what's happening right now. I can't, I can't go back four months because I don't even know, I guess back with gazelle like intensity, that's when I started following the David Ramsey method of budgeting and, uh, debt snowball, which I'm still doing very much into. I'm not really budgeting much, but um, I, it's just, I guess it's a, it's very tedious to like really, really budget. But so I, I'm, I guess I'm not gazelle like, I guess I'm not fully in the gazelle like intensity cause I'm not, I'm not budgeting like I used to. And maybe that's something I'll get back into, uh, maybe starting in Feb. Actually you can start now. I can start now. It doesn't matter. I say start in February, but what better time to start something than now? So maybe I'll just get into it now and start budgeting again. But I'm, you know, focusing on not using credit cards for anything, Focusing on just getting them as low as possible, paying them off as quickly as possible, you know, keeping track of everything. I have this big um, spreadsheet or, you know, um, Excel sheet on my computer that I look at pretty much every day, lists bills, total debt, you know, how long it's going to take off, take to pay off the debt, you know, debt snowball calculators, just, you know, and it's a little, it's daunting because I do have a lot of uh, debt because of my master's degree. And, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, I got to get it going. Like, you know what I mean? I, it's, you know, and every day I'm, I'm selling cars and I'm, I'm doing stuff and I'm thinking, holy shit, I really got to get this, this rolling along here. You know, I got to get it rolling along. I got to get this debt paid down. I got to work hard, make some money and make it happen. So that was the last show. Um, four months. What was four months? I mean, January, December, December to November, October. You know, it doesn't really say. Does it say like when I actually posted this thing? It just says four months ago. It doesn't give like the exact date. Come on, SoundCloud. Maybe it's on iTunes. Maybe I can look on iTunes. But anyway, doesn't matter. The show is restarted as now um, January 16th, 2019. This show will come out on the 18th because it does still come out on Fridays because I'm still going to be, you know, that's still going to be my thing. Don't know if it's going to be every week. This literally was on a whim. I had no intention whatsoever during the day 
to do this show. Not one, in, I, didn't, I didn't think about the show once today during work. And by the way, it's January to car dealership, which is the most boring time to be at a car, car dealership in the history of the world. It is so boring. Last night at the dealership, we have a new, I have a new colleague named Kyle, and I'd love to get Kyle on the, on the uh, show because Kyle is hilarious. Kyle is a six foot three, very good looking young man, and I'm not afraid to say so. And um, he is, uh, let's say, um, with the ladies, very uh, successful. That might be a good word for it. Um, uh, he is, uh, it is his, it, it, ladies are his acumen. He has an acumen for Bumble and other dating sites. And uh, he is just quite a, an hilarious fellow. We share a love for um, great music, a love for golden age bodybuilding, uh, the most famous of them being Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Frank Zane, a name you might not know, Franco Colombo, a name you might not know. You know, people of that na nature, uh, Flex Wheeler, um, you know, Ronnie Coleman. Now we're getting, with, with Flex and Ronnie, we're coming out of the golden age and more into the, the modern era, and the modern era being Phil Heath and Kai Green. We have an appreciation for these men who are able to have such discipline that they are become so remarkably muscular and it and it see it's it's sculpting you know they are they are sculptors they're artists they sculpt their body to be um, symmetric and perfect and we could only dream of a, of you know um, getting to half of what they have if that I will never get to any of it I'm still a fat you know slaw but um I do want Kyle uh, to come on the show, but last night, you know, we were just literally for the past two hours, maybe three hours of the day, there's nothing going on in a car dealership in January, nothing at all. Uh, people are worn out from the holidays, they've bought their cars for Christmas or whatever, it's snowy, it's icy today, I had to go get a car from our um, off-campus lot up the street and I didn't bring an ice scraper. I didn't even think about an ice scraper. I had to sit in the car for 20 minutes. Well, I don't know if it was 20 minutes, 10 minutes, or whatever it was, a solid 10, let's say. I had to sit in the car for a solid 10 minutes just waiting for it to de-ice. I mean, I couldn't go anywhere. I mean, the windshield wipers weren't doing anything. I didn't have an ice scraper. I didn't have gloves. I called my mom and just hung out, put on the defrosters, and hoped it warmed up. You know what I mean? But for those past three hours of work, Kyle and I just hung out in his office and talked about classic, you know, era, golden era bodybuilding and, you know, Googled pictures, talked about Bumble and, you know, um, you know how many women he's been with and and all kind of stuff. You know, that that's basically what we did. And then we did something really fun. Um, after work, Ja Rule was playing at the local uh, Jurgles establishment, Rhythm Bar and Grill, Jurgles Rhythm Bar and Grill up here in the Wexford Cranberry area. And uh, now we didn't have tickets to Ja Rule, but um, they do have a phenomenal cigar bar. And anyone who knows me knows I love cigars. Uh, I smoke them very rarely because of my voice and my opera singing and such. And But um, I do love a cigar. So we met my buddy Skip and Kyle and I went to um, uh, Skip is a friend from high school back in the day. We went to the cigar bar, hung out, smoked cigars. And, you know, so... Because I smoke cigars um, infrequently, though I do love them, maybe literally once a year. I literally might smoke a cigar once a year. I might not smoke a cigar for another entire year. However, I think that's going to change now that I've met Kyle, someone else who likes cigars and likes hanging out in those kind of in environments. Um, I, I, I smoke them so uh, rarely that I don't have a very smooth method of cutting the cigar and lighting the cigar so much so that it's almost embarrassing when I do it and uh, it, that must have been very apparent because the um, young lady behind the bar who you know works in the cigar bar and who has to get you the cigar um, she cut the cigar for me and she lit the cigar for me um, when she saw that I was struggling with both activities but here's the deal she brought out what can only be referred to as like a Bunsen burner. Now, I'm going to look it up now because I want to know um, exactly uh, what it's called. So, you know, you have your, you have your like regular, okay, so you have matches, right? And then you have a lighter. 
okay? And then for cigars, you have something called a torch, right? Okay, this is what she brought out. Let me see. Hold on. Top tabletop lighter for sale. No, that's not. I mean, I'm look. I see. I'm seeing the the picture, and that's what it was. But it looks like a teapot, right? It looks like a little teapot, and then there is this thing shooting out of the top of the little teapot, and it is literally like the internal flame. It was the most well lit cigarette. I'm sorry, cigar that I have ever smoked in my life. And while I was struggling to light it. This girl grabbed it from my hand. She was like, just give it to me. And she she lit this thing, and it was the best lit cigar. It's, at, it's called a tabletop lighter slash burner. I guess that, that's what it's called. Let me see. 50 bucks. That's not the one I saw the other day, but anyway, you got to look it up. Look up like um, Cigar Torch or something, and... And let me let me take out the word lighter. Maybe it'll be better. It's just cigar torch. This thing was like unbelievable. I mean, I think it'd be dumb to have for yourself. I mean, unless you're literally, you know, smoking. I mean, it might set up set off your like like your like smoke alarm. I mean, the thing is unbelievable. But anyway, we had a great time. Ja Rule was playing. He apparently was famous at some point in all of our lives. I probably would know his music if I heard it, but, you know, wasn't inclined to actually go see Ja Rule. But um, actually, I found out later that a bunch of my coworkers were there. So I was at the cigar bar in the back the whole time, and they were up in the uh, venue area watching Ja Rule, who they said was, was really good. You know, I mean, what, what are you going to do? But I do want to have Kyle um, on the show. He's a great guy, really funny. Um, he's new to the Volvo side. And uh, car sales are great. You know, I've been doing it now for almost two years. And just, you know, making some money, selling cars. I mean, can't really complain. You know, it's a really, you know, my one of my managers said the other day, can you believe they pay us to do this? And I thought to myself, you know, I got to say, I've done a lot of different kind of jobs and work, and I have a lot of interests, and I do love that I get paid to sit with people and, you know, help them, you know, help them. Hey, what do you want to do today? You want to buy Volvo? Let's let's get you into a Volvo. Let's have some fun. Let's go on a test drive. Let's, let's run some numbers. You know, let's talk about some products. You know, you want to protect the vehicle, gap insurance appearance protection that's okay you don't got to do that if you don't want to how about we extend the warranty you're, you're paying cash or or you're you're financing you might have the car for 10 years but after four years or fifty thousand miles your car's not under warranty anymore maybe you need that longer warranty because you know what you don't expect things to break but you want to be prepared if they do and it's really it's it's a lot of fun i really have to say I, I miss opera, and I definitely hope to go back to opera one day. But, you know, because that really is my... I was uh, singing just before I, I did the show, and I was singing through um, Almechtige Fata from Rienzi and um, uh, O Souverain from La Cid. And uh, what else was I singing? I think that was it. Just, you know, just a little... Not like whole arias, just, a, you know, O Souverain... Just a little bit, just to get the voice going, you know, see if I could hit a B flat today, which I really couldn't, but it could be the whiskey, you know. So, you know, just kind of get the voice warmed up, you know what I mean? I mean, you know, they say this is how I should really talk if I want to be an opera singer in a very high, hmm, high resonant place. I knew a, an opera professor who spoke like this because, you know, if you're an opera singer, you should speak in your resident area. But you know what? I'm a broadcaster, and I'm going to talk down here. Hey, welcome to the show. You know what I mean? So I'm not going to go around like this. Hey, everybody. So the Volvo is a great car. I sound like an idiot. You know what I mean? But I'm actually I'm having a great time. And I've just not been in a good mental state to do the show for the past four months. Uh, a lot of personal stuff going on. And uh, just, uh, you know, to do to do a show like this, you have to be in a really good mental area, like a really good like mental state. You can't you can't just come in here and force it. Now, if it was my job like Howard Stern, I was getting paid, 
you know, and I was Howard Stern and you're famous and you got staff around you and people to write for you or, you know what I mean, you could do phony phone calls and you can take callers and you can talk to Robin, you can talk to Fred, you can talk to Sal and Richard and JD and, you know, Shuley and all the people on the Howard Stern show. You could have a whack packer come in, you could have Lindsay Lohan come in, you know, you could have Paul McCartney come in. I mean, if, if I had a guest, if I had a guaranteed guest for every show, I could fucking do shows all the time because at the end of the day, or if I had co-hosts, at the end of the day, if you don't really feel like saying much, you just you just captain the ship. You know, Howard's the captain, you know. But sometimes when you know, sometimes the captain has to delegate. Say, well, you drive the ship for a little bit, and then you can drive for a little bit. And I can hang out here, relax, and you know, maybe get motivated and maybe get my get warmed up and stuff. But um, I want to talk one more thing about Kyle. Uh, before I move on to, to into some other things, but like you know, like I said, Kyle um, is uh, very successful with uh, the ladies, if you will. And when we were at um, uh, the, the cigar bar at Jurgles, you know, during the Jaw Roll concert, besides the bartender, I think we, I think everyone else was a guy. Maybe there were a couple women at the bar. I don't really remember, maybe, but I'm thinking during the concert it was a bunch of dudes and then the uh, the young lady behind the bar who was, you know, giving us drinks and all that stuff. And then, but after the concert, people were leaving through the cigar bar because that, that goes out the back of the building and people were just coming over to our table and just talking to us all because of Kyle. It's It's bizarre. It's like Sean Connery or something. That's the only thing that I can like, like equate to. Like like James Bond era 1964 Sean Connery. Just imagine going back in time to early James Bond Sean Connery and going out to a bar with him. Like you know every chick in the place is going to want to stop by. And I'm thinking to myself like this is really weird because I'm I'm not like that. You know, I'm a fairly you know overweight unattractive bearded guy who looks like everyone's uncle like girls don't talk to me like you know what I mean I don't get attention from other people I can go to a bar and literally sit there alone and quiet never have anyone talk to me except for the bartender that says hey you want another drink where you sit with Kyle and you get every skirt in the joint coming up to you so these ladies, not, you know, I, I really wish Kyle was here to talk about this, but the, these ladies come up, and uh, he had been talking about how he matched with a Bumble date while he was there, or a Bumble date, a Bumble, you know, someone on Bumble, and she said she was at the Ja Rule concert, and he goes, well, guess what? I'm here. I'm in the back of the cigar bar. And so, you know, she was going to come back and, and see him. Imagine being matched with someone and seeing them literally 15 minutes later. Kind of wild, right? And so these two ladies come over, and I assumed this was the Bumble girl, right? They were both 38-ish, right? One said she was 38. The other one, I think, was around that age. And, you know, he's 26. I'm 34. And my other buddy, Skip, is 35, I believe. And um, and they're talking about how they have, like, you know, five kids on between them. You know, one has three, one has two or something. And I'm thinking, you know, and then so we kind of have fun and stuff. And then you know, whatever, talk a little bit, and then they leave. And I was like, dude, was that your Bumble thing? He goes, no, they just, they literally just walked up to our table and just started talking to us like they knew us. Literally, that's why I assumed this was the girl he had been texting with through Bumble during the concert because they came up as if they knew us, as if they had like a pro as if 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 the if it, as if the conversation was continuing from the app texting to now in person you know what i mean and no that's his power that's his superpower just just like he just exists and they just walk over and then the bumble girl finally showed up with her three friends and we had a great time. I, the third, the one of the friends that this girl had um, is a hand specialist, and she was like feeling our hands and stretching them and tell. I guess a hand therapist or specialist or something. And then two of them were. Oh my god, um, the the one he matched with on Bumble, 
and one of the other ones, they're nurses at Children's in the oncology department. And I think to myself, you know, it would be one thing to deal with sick children, but, you know, I'm dealing with a mother with cancer, a woman who has grown four kids, married. She's lived a life. She has a lot of life to live still, and I truly believe that. But at the end of the day, you know, if things were to kind of, you know, make a left turn on us, she has lived a life. But can you imagine going to work every day with children who have cancer? I, I don't think I could do it. I think I literally would be devastated every day of my life. Like, what did this four-year-old do? This six-year-old do? Why do they deserve this, right? And I bet it's just amazingly powerful work. Amazingly rewarding. Especially for those who survive, get better. You know, that you were part of giving them a life. Because really, yes, when someone older has cancer and they live, you're giving their, their life back. Think of it that way. They've lived... 40, 50, 60, 70, 80 years, they survive cancer, you're giving them their life back. A kid, you're giving them a life to live now. You know, think of it that way. Yeah, they're getting, they haven't really had a life yet, a full one, you know? So to let them go home and be well and be cancer-free, you're awarding them the rest of their lives. That, that must be wild. All I do is sell cars and sing songs and talk into this microphone. I'm not saving anyone's lives. I'm not making that big of a difference in the world. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff. And that's what I'm thinking about, you know? She was cute. They're, they were cute, but that's what was going through my head. And maybe that's why I'm single. I'm thinking about that kind of shit instead of, you know, how to get one to go out with me. You know, maybe, maybe I'm just at the wrong angle here, but that's what I think about. That's powerful. That's power. You know, that's really, that's really something. That's something to think about, you know. But, um, but anyway, so the big thing that's been going on in my life, right, the number one thing that I'm obsessing over because I think if you really want to make a change in your life, you have to obsess over it. When I decided to do this show, um, is you know I obsessed over it. And before I ever bought a microphone, I've talked about this a million times, anything, a, a power cord, I listened to Howard Stern and, you know, no, just, just Howard Stern because in my mind, if you want to do it and be the best, you listen to the best. So I just, for hours and hours and hours, I obsessed over it. I, Mount Everest, I fucking love it. Obsessed over it. Shooting, I bought every gun I could and I won every championship I could. Obsessed over it. When I became a car salesman, you know, I obsessed over it. And I became salesman of the month three months in a row. I was like, you know what I mean? And so, like, I've decided I, I ballooned up 285 pounds. 285 you can't be 285 pounds. You can't. And anyone who knows me knows my past, knows my family history of obesity, knows the tragedy it's caused in my family. And I basically went to my doctor. I'm, I'm, I'm tipping the scales at 285. My, my blood pressure is high. I'm on blood pressure meds. I've never been on blood pressure meds. And he basically looked at me and he was like, you know, he had a look on his face like, I don't need to tell you what needs to happen. And it took a while after that appointment. It took several months. But one day, I woke up and as, our, as the great Charlie Sheen said, I cured my brain. I switched it. I just switched it on. And I said, today I'm losing weight. Today is the day I'm starting. I'm going to pick a diet. I'm going to stick to it. And I'm going to lose 70 pounds. 
I'm going to do it. I'm going to get down to 210 pounds. So 285 is the highest I've ever seen on a scale. I have no idea if that's the fattest I've ever been. Who knows? I might have really pushed 300. Who knows? But 285 is the biggest number I've ever seen. And my goal is 210. Even 220 would be great, but 210 is the like the ultimate goal. You know, those height to weight charts, I should be like 175 or something, but they're such bullshit. They don't account for frame, build, none of that stuff. They don't account for any of that. So 210 is is I think you know, I was thinking of, you know, what if I set smaller goals? Like, hey, I want to get to 250. I'm going to get the 235. But I thought, no, 210 is the overall arching goal, right? So what diet did I choose to do? Now, anyone who uh, has been around me for the past two months um, basically knows one thing. Uh, Keto is magic. I have put all of my cards, every egg I have, in the basket that is keto. And I did this because... um, I think for anyone, but I think for especially men, I think it's a very easy diet for men to follow because you're you eat very like I guess manly foods for lack of a better word. No, I mean I don't know. It's just that I mean because I you know I I was at Burgatory a few weeks ago and I was having a uh, lettuce wrapped burger. Okay, so let's say me and you go to Burgatory. We're both on keto. What are we going to order? Well, it's a burger joint, so let's order a burger. You So you fill out the little sheet. You pick the kind of meat. Let's just say Angus, right? You don't pick a bun. You, it says lettuce wrap. Now, you can have cheese. Now, I can't eat cheese because of lactose, so I get the vegan cheese, but you can have real cheese on keto. So let's say you pick cheddar and I pick vegan. Lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, bacon, and a fried egg. That's keto. You can have all of that as long as you leave the bun in the kitchen. Now, are you going to order French fries? No. You're going to order a side salad or this coleslaw, and I choose the, the coleslaw. And I was in there, and I was talking to the bartender, and she noticed uh, that my meal was you know, very specific. And she asked me if I was doing keto. And she said her husband has had a lot of success with it, but she hasn't because she felt the food is just very heavy, very unlike what a woman would eat. And that was the gist of what we discussed. And I think, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, if you're like me and you're ordering bacon, avocado, a fried egg on a bunless, on a you know bunless burger, yeah, that might be a little heavy for you. But for a guy who's, you know, 285 pounds, I mean, that's, you know, that's what I'm used to consuming. And um, the nice thing about keto is you don't really have to count calories, but you can't eat, you just can't like pound bacon all day, you know, there because, you know, everyone gets a misconception about these things and they go to extremes. Like I was at Bamboo the other night and I literally, it was like a joke, a vegan a keto dieter and a beef cattle rancher are sitting at a bar. Literally, I am sitting with a girl and another guy and some other people too, but let's focus on those. The girl is a vegan. I'm a keto dieter and the guy next to me is a beef cattle rancher. And we start having this discussion and she goes, you're going to have a heart attack. And I say, what if those innocent plants ever done to you? And he goes to the vegan, you eat what my what my cattle eat. And it was just this really kind of funny exchange of these three people who kind of exist in these, you know, different worlds. So my response to her was, you don't understand science. Okay. The whole idea behind keto is that your body likes to burn energy in a certain order. Sugars and carbohydrates being first. And then fats being later, okay, being second. So if you eat a burger with a bun and you have a bacon egg on it, lettuce, tomato, mayonnaise, 
your body is going to use the carbohydrates from the bun and the side of french fries for energy. But you've also consumed a lot of fat and cholesterol. Guess where that's going to go? On your belly and in your arteries. But if you're only consuming fats, and that is the only energy source you're allowing your body to use, then it's not going to go to your belly and in your arteries. Your body is going to use it. So that's the idea behind keto. Okay, basically, the energy source, the only energy source that your body has is the fats you're putting in and the fat on your body. So when you're not doing anything, when you're doing an involuntary action, like breathing, okay, digesting, digesting isn't something that we sit and do actively, it's something that happens passively, it's involuntary, it's just happening, whether you like it or not, it's going on. The energy you need to do that is on your person. And that's why you lose weight. Okay? So this little vegan, I don't trust vegans, by the way. Sorry if you're a vegan. I'm sure I trust a few of you out there who haven't told me that you're vegan. But, you know, this girl, this girl, you know, this. she's young, she's cute. And, like, she opens her mouth and goes, you're going to die of a heart attack. Because you're on keto. And I was like, you know, five minutes ago you were really cute. But now I I want nothing. She was so pissy and so bitchy about it. It was so like, let's not to say her and I weren't like on the verge of going out or anything. I didn't even know her name. We have been talking for two seconds. But in that two seconds I was like, listen, bitch. What the fuck do you know? You're like 20 nothing. And you're trying to tell me about you being vegan and me I'm going to die of a heart attack because I'm on keto. Like, come on, you don't know me. So I'm knee-deep into the uh, keto diet. Um, I think it is probably, I mean, honestly, my favorite diet of all time is Whole30. But Whole30 is really difficult, in my opinion. It's really, really, really difficult to um, maintain because of how restrictive it is. I know it's only for 30 days, but, you know... I'm looking to lose now 40, I mean, 40 pounds. I have 40 more pounds to go. Oh, I didn't even say. I was 285, right? Now, when I started keto, I don't know how much I I weighed. I didn't weigh myself in the beginning because I would kind of like rolled into it. You know, I didn't like say, you know, today we are starting keto. This is my this is my starting weight. I, I kind of like was trying it out, you know, trial thing. So... Today I was 254, so I've already lost 30 pounds, right, Um, based on that highest weight I've ever been of all time that I know of, so I don't really know how much. I've probably lost around 20 pounds since I've started, Um, So, um, but because I want to get all the way to 210, you know, whole 30 is only for 30 days. I'm not going to get to 210 in 30 days, so I need a diet that's more of a lifestyle change. And to make make Whole30 a lifestyle change is very difficult. I was able to do it in New York because in New York, I controlled all three meals that I had a day. Um, I, was, I could go back to my apartment for lunch. You know, I was in my apartment a lot. Um, I didn't go to a job um, per se. And so, like, at the dealership, I'm there sometimes 12 hours a day. And I have to eat lunch and dinner there. So I need a diet that I can pack in a little, um, uh, you know, little lunchbox and enjoy for for the day, you know. And I think Whole30 is is too limiting and only for 30 days and not what I'm looking for. So uh, keto, I think, is is the one. It, it is the one. I mean, I don't think so. It's it's the fucking one because I've been fucking doing it. And my sister, my younger sister's had a lot of success on keto. And her husband, a lot of success on keto. He's lost a ton of weight. He looks phenomenal. He runs like marathons now and the whole deal. And so, um, you know, that that's the move. So I, I actually bought a book, right? It's, it's, uh, it's called Keto, The Complete Guide to, to Success on the Keto Diet, Including Simplified Science and No-Cook Meal Plans um, by Maria and Craig Emmerich. Now, I, I bought this book because, you know, you can Google a lot of stuff. And there's, of course, a lot of shit on the internet, and I basically Googled 
um, you know, just keto diet foods. Like what, what is, you know, the keto diet? Like what am I supposed to eat? What am I not supposed to eat? And I really just did that. I really just, you know, just printed out a thing, highlighted the stuff that I like, and that's um, what I went out to buy, you know. But I thought, you know, after several weeks on it, I thought, you know, I need to learn a little bit more about this diet and, you know, what what exactly, um, you know, is is the science behind it and, you know, just a little bit more about it. So um, I, I bought this book, and I got to tell you, it, it reads like, like a medical textbook, and I, I found it to be overwhelming. And I thought, you know, this just... This just isn't going to work, right? I mean, maybe, I think maybe, because like, okay, there's a documentary. You have to go watch it right now, uh, The Magic Pill. It's on Netflix, and um, it, it's all about how the keto diet can basically, it's way more than just weight loss. Weight loss is the tip of the iceberg with the keto diet. Tip o the iceberg, Okay. Um, they follow someone who basically cures their diabetes using keto, cures cancer. Do I hate to say cures cancer, but you know, because here's the deal: what do cancer cells love? They love sugar. That's what they live on. You think about it. Why are why is there so much cancer? Could it be because could it be because you know when you go to the supermarket, the majority of the stuff is carbs and sugars. And guess what cancer cells love? Freaking sugar. That's what they that's what they thrive on. So think if you lived on the keto diet, which is based on how we would eat if we actually had to go and find our own food. I mean imagine if you wanted steak or if you wanted pork, or you wanted chicken, you actually had to go out and find a wild cow, pig, or chicken, and kill it, and then eat it. Or you found edible plants, vegetables, berries, right? They also, I also am employing intermittent fasting, because think about a time when early humans, right, might not have eaten for 16 hours because they didn't actually physically have any food to eat because they had to go out and find it and get it and hope when they picked the berry off the tree, it didn't kill them, right? Because it wasn't poisonous. So I'm actually, I just posted on Facebook, I'm currently in a 24-hour fast. I am, wait, I don't have my, um, I don't have my other phone on me, but I'm probably like an hour in to... My 24-hour fast is I've kind of like plateaued a little bit, and I'm, I'm not losing weight rapidly like I was, so I'm doing something like drastic. So I'm hoping that I don't know if I'll make it 24 hours. I, honestly, it's, it's very ambitious for me. 24 hours without food, like I might hallucinate. Like I might think I'm like on safari, and I might be like, crikey, look at the crocodile. Look at the giraffe. I mean, who knows? But anyway, I don't even remember what I was talking about. But so I bought this book. You know, it, it reads like stereo instructions. It reads like a medical textbook. And if, you know, if, you know, if you're using it to help with diabetes, with cancer, you know, they followed a little girl who had autism and she became verbal when she went on keto. And it's just, it's almost like way more how we need to be eating as just humans. I mean, I went over to my mom's house and I opened her pantry. And nothing in there is on this diet. Not one, maybe one or two items. I mean, I don't want to say none of them. I'm sure one or two would be acceptable on keto. But cereal, nope. It's all grain. It's all it no. No cereal. Right? The chocolate that's in there, the cookies, the crackers, the 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 uh, potato chips, the tortilla chips. The only thing that was keto was a big thing of 
full fat ranch dressing. Or you open her fridge. You know? The only thing I could eat the other day while I was there, she had a thing of ham, like a pound of ham. That's it. A few slices of ham and that's it. You know? But I think this book would be valuable if you were concerned or using keto because you were concerned about a health thing. Now, I know being overweight is a health thing, but I mean, I have diabetes. I don't want to be diabetic anymore. Okay, how can I use keto to reduce my, 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 my dependence on insulin and other diabetes med- medications? And maybe not cure my diabetes, but get to a point where I am not so burdened by it. And that brings me to another point. Um, um, one of the bouncers at Bamboo has been, you know, kind of a keto mentor, you know, uh, for me, and has really helped me. And he was he wasn't obese, I don't think, but yeah, a little chubby, you know what I mean. Like a lot of men are, they got a little cushion. You know what I mean? You know, I say to women, I say, hey, listen, I'm, I give great hugs. I'm very soft, very warm. You know what I mean? What do you need a little skinny guy for? He's shivering all the time. So anyway, and he had a fatty liver. He's been doing keto. The fatty liver's gone. Pre-diabetic, doing keto, that's gone. No longer going to be, I'm diabetic. I mean, with breads and carbs and all of this stuff that we shouldn't be eating, our bodies are reacting to it negatively with an uptick in cancer, diabetes, you know, and other, you know, diseases. It's because we're so fat and so overweight and so unhealthy. I mean, I got to tell you, like, if you're walking around and you got a little cancer cell and you're shoving sugars and carbohydrates, it's just going to get fed and fed and fed until it's a tumor. But if you're doing keto, you're starving it. There's no sugars for it to thrive on. You're suffocating it. You know? I mean, it's powerful. It's very powerful. In the amount of weight I've been able to lose, and it, like I said, it's easy to maintain. I, I woke up this morning, had a ham and cheese omelet, fake cheese, of course, and three strips of bacon. I'm like, fuck yeah. But no toast, no donut, no croissant, no bagel. Lunch, sliced up salami. I get the things of salami and slice them up. Ham, no bread, just put ham in a in a in a Ziploc bag. Strawberries, pecans. It's my whole lunch. I eat three times a day. Well, during work. So I have my uh, breakfast, and sometimes I don't have breakfast. So, so right now I'm on this extreme 24-hour fast because I, I hit a plateau. But usually what I do for my, for my intermittent fasting, which is much more reasonable and probably safe, is I, I'll, I'll eat like – so I, I get home at 9 or I'm, I get home like right after 8. So I try not to eat after 9 p.m. And then um, I won't eat again until like 1. Like, or, I, or I try to go as far as I can – so that's kind of intermittent fasting really um, is, you know, 16 hours or so. Uh, luckily, most of that is while you're sleeping. You know what I mean? So that's kind of nice. Well, that's what I'm hoping. Like after I do the show here, I might just like hit the sack and that way I can just kind of sleep as much as possible through this 24-hour fast. But, um, you know, that's that's the typical way that that I do like I do the fasting, but you know, like, and then, so you got the breakfast and then, and what I do during the day is I'll eat around, you know, two, four and six or like, you know, one, three and five, you know, I'll eat a couple pieces of salami, a little bit of ham, a few pecans, some strawberries. Then I take just a couple minutes and then I go back to work. And then, because here's the thing I find with keto, like I'm not eating a lot because when you're using keto, Um, I'm not counting calories, but you know, science is still science, you know, to lose weight, you still have to burn more than you consume. You know, I can't eat 10,000 calories a day of keto food, steak, bacon, you know, eggs, avocado, and expect to lose weight. You know, when I only burn a couple thousand just by walking around, 
You know, like, like let's see, today I've done 9,464 steps, and let's go to this. I've burned, according to this, I've burned, you know, 1,092 calories, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if that's, I mean, I, who knows if that's accurate. Or actually, I'm sorry, calories burned, 2621. Um, but it says I've consumed 3,200. Like, how does it know what I've consumed? How does it know that? I'm sorry. I, I'm currently, so I, I have, um, always, uh, not always, but I recently have wanted to get like an actual smartwatch. So I had this like Chronoby watch, which is a smartwatch from Sweden, but it looks like a regular watch does not have an interactive digital face. So, you know, everyone has Apple watches, but I don't have an Apple. I have a Samsung Galaxy Note 8. So for Christmas, I asked Santa Claus for the Galaxy smartwatch. And I love the Galaxy smartwatch. I am a huge, huge fan of the Galaxy smartwatch. And so it, it, it calculates calories, you know, steps, floors, and my um, heart rate. And it says that I'm a thousand over a thousand calories, you know, over, but I don't know how it knows that. Like, I don't know how it knows what I've consumed. Like, how could it possibly know the food I've consumed? I've not entered it unless it's, you know, because you can only do so much on the, on your, on your watch. You can go, you know, you can go on the app on your phone samsung wearables and maybe maybe i have something set in there like a default amount for food but anyway the point is this people keto is magic if you switch to the keto diet tomorrow in a couple weeks you'll you'll fit in clothes that you haven't fit in in years You'll feel amazing. You won't know what planet you're on. You'll wonder what's going on. So the whole theme of this is keto is magic. It's magic because it is so the opposite of what we're taught, of what we're used to. You know, they thought meats and fats were bad for you because they gave you heart attacks. They only give you heart attacks if you're shoving your body full of mat, full of fats and meat, but also full of carbohydrates and sugars like candy bars and croissants and bagels and bread and donuts and french fries and potato chips and cereals. You know, we went to Ruth's Chris the other night, the famous steakhouse. I got my cowboy ribeye. Bone in, baby. But guess what I didn't have? Mashed potatoes, shoestring fries, bread and butter. I had steak and I had Brussels sprouts. So that's the only energy source I'm giving my, my body. I'm not spending the first part of the meal shoving a half a loaf of bread down my throat. I'm going straight for the protein and vegetables. So when that's all your body has to use for energy, it's not going to store it. Because I'm fat because I put so much energy, you know, which means calories, in my body. I'm not using them. So it stores them. But when my body needs energy now, it's now into ketogenic, right? Ketogenic, keto, keto uh, um, you know, ketosis. Ketosis meaning that instead of my body using sugar and carbohydrates for energy, it's using fat. And yeah, they make like little strips you can pee on and uh, things you can prick your finger for blood tests. Uh, they make uh, keto. Um, oh, and those things measure and tell you if you're in in ketosis. And, uh, you know, they make um, keto. Uh, I have this girl. Oh, my God. She All she wants me to do is buy these keto supplements. I think it's powder that you pour into a drink. And I'm like, I'm good. Like, I don't need it. I mean, maybe one, maybe one day I'll try it. Maybe to just help me uh, bust through a plateau. 
But like right now, I'm like, I'm all set. Like, I don't want to spend 150 bucks on, on this on these bags of powder. Like, you know, I think I want to just try to do this au natural for as long as possible. I mean, the bouncer at Bamboo was showing me like a keto drink. It looks like Gatorade, but it's like a keto drink, right? It has ketones in it. Your liver will produce these ketones. You know, it's the, the whole basis of the diet, you know, to get your liver producing ketones. And there are, like I said, the AP tests and the blood tests to let you know if you're in ketosis. And then there's supplements. I mean, the, the, the supplements, the long and the short of it is, is that they claim that they put your, you know, within an hour you go into ketosis. And I'm like, yeah, that's not science, right? You know what I mean? Like, so I don't know. I mean, right now I'm, I'm kind of just doing it au natural. Like I'm thinking I'm just going to do it. I'm going to eat the right foods. You know, I'm trying to get the right amount of steps in. Um, according to this, I'm going to gain weight tomorrow, but I, I don't really know if that's true. Uh, I have no idea how, I don't know how it knows how much food or how many calories I've consumed during the day. I mean, that's impossible for my watch to know, but these days who freaking knows with all the technology out there. But, um, I, I think I'm going to delve into this keto book maybe a little more, I'm not sure I gave it quite the shot that, that it deserved, but, um, you know, being educated on something is important. You know, there might be something about keto that I'm not aware of that's very important for me to know, and maybe it's in this book somewhere, but, you know, when you're trying to achieve a major goal, which is changing your life, guys, this is literally changing my entire life. I love eating probably more than anything in the world. I want right now to just drive to Chick-fil-A and get a chicken sandwich and waffle fries and not the not the um, grilled chicken tenders, but the regular or grilled chicken nuggets, but the regular chicken nuggets with all the Polynesian and Chick-fil-A sauce, pound a real Coke, not one of these pussy Diet Cokes, a real fucking Coke. You have no idea how bad I want to just go pound a bag of potato chips and get some chicken fingers and French fries with honey mustard sauce. Like, like You have no idea. But guess where I'm going to be? Pushing 300 pounds pre-diabetic. I don't know though. I don't know about the diabetic part because my dad was super heavy. He never seemed to have diabetes, but regardless, still high blood pressure. That's my thing. What's funny is that if you read all this keto stuff, it says you got to be careful if you're using keto for high, high blood pressure. Cause if you're on high blood pressure meds like me and your, and, and your reduction in weight and, and, and the betterment of your health through keto helps with your high blood pressure, the high blood pressure medication might actually give you low blood pressure and you'll pass out. So I'm, I'm waiting for the day at work where I pop my, my blood pressure meds and I actually pass out cause my blood pressure sinks cause it's actually now because of keto normal. So I have to keep track of that. I kind of find that funny. I'm just, I'm kind of waiting for that day where I realize that, you know, I don't need these meds anymore. But that's the goal. But this is literally, I've been fat my entire adult life. To be what would be for me skinny, you know, at 210 pounds, to lose, I'm 254 today. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of dedication. That's a lot. It's going to take me months. I mean, this is a major... I have made a decision to change my entire life. That's huge. That's really tough. And I have no idea why. I don't know. Isn't that weird? Don't you think I'd know? Like, like, don't you think I would know that moment, that powerful moment when I decided to change my life? I don't. I don't remember the day. I just remember waking up and my brain had changed. Something clicked and I said, today... I'm starting this journey. You know? Maybe it's like the day I picked up the Bible 
And I said, today, I'm changing my life. And I'm starting a journey. I don't really remember it. But I woke up inspired. And I turned to Matthew. And I basically was born again that day. When I read the words of Jesus Christ, that changed my life. And I've decided to do it again. And this time, it's so I can get beyond the age of 48. And for people who know me personally, they know what that age means. And my doctor looked at me and was basically like, I don't have to tell you what you need to do. Because you know the path you're on. Do you want to repeat history? Or do you want to change history? I mean, that's the level of dedication you need to change your life. You literally have to view it like you're changing history. Because you are. I mean, Dave Ramsey talks about change your family tree. Budgeting, debt snowball, his method. You change your family tree in that moment. When you go from debt and credit cards and, and you know, car payments to having none of it, to having no debt, no credit cards, no car payments, and instead of spending money, you're making money. You are changing your family tree. When you open up that Bible and you become born again, you are changing your family tree. When you wake up one day and you decide, I am not going to be morbidly obese anymore, because that's what I am. You know, if you if you if you really look at height, weight, BMI, and all that, I'm at least oh, I don't know if I'm morbidly, but I'm at least obese. That's changing my family tree. Because if I maintain this weight, I might not have my own family tree. But if I lose weight, I could live to maybe have a family tree. I mean, this is how, how you have to view these things if you want to make it real. You can't just say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut out French fries. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just switch to Diet Coke. No more white foods. I'm going on the South Beach diet. I'm going on Atkins. Yeah, I'm on the keto diet because that's what I've chosen as my as my guide. Right? But it's it's really I'm changing my life. Like you know what I mean? I'm changing everything about how I think about everything. That's what it takes. That's what it takes to one day do a podcast and do a show to change your financial life, change your spiritual life, change your your health, your physical life. You need to go into it that deep and that serious. Because if you don't, then you're not going to fucking do it. You're going to last a few days, a few weeks. Then you're going to be right back at Burger fucking King and McDonald's. Because I've been there, people. I've fucking been there. When I was in New York, I got down to 242 pounds. I felt like a fucking king. 242. I was like, holy fucking shit, man. I'm the king. Working out three days a week with a trainer, going in on you know a few other days a week, or I don't know, I probably was at the gym two, two other days a week when I'm not with my trainer, doing whole thirty, fucking rocking it, man. And then I moved back to Pittsburgh, two eighty five, in no time, hitting up every fast food restaurant, drinking regular Coke, doing whatever I wanted, pounding donuts and bread. 285. So did I really, when I hit that 242 goal and I said to myself, I'm never going back, I must not have meant it. 
I wasn't in it to win it. I was doing the motions. This is different now. I'm 34 years old now. For me, this is life or death because of my family history. This isn't a joke. This isn't some fad. You know, that's the difference. And if you if you want to make that in your life, if you want that to be done for you, right? No, well, first off, no one can do it but you. Okay? You know how many years my mother and these doctors and my siblings and everyone in my life can tell me to lose weight? Everyone. I mean, it gets just fucking, I don't want to hear it. You've already told me a million times. But no one can lose weight for you. No one can change your life for you. No one can budget for you. No one can do the debt snowball for you. No one can read the Bible for you. No one can change your spiritual life for you. You're either going to do it or you're not. And I've chosen to do it. And I've chosen to do it all for the betterment of me, my family, my future family, and my family tree. Because I'm changing it today. It's starting today. It's already started, but you know what I mean, for the, for the drama of the show. So if you're listening to this and you need to change your life, just know only you can do it. And it has to be your choice. But when you do, it's got to be all in. 100% of your being. Nothing half-assed. Because then if it is, it's just not worth it. Just go back to the Doritos and the Cheesy Puffs and laying on the couch. All right. I think that's enough for today. My uh, One more sip of my whiskey. This felt good doing the show again. It felt great. It really felt great. I've had a lot going on. And maybe, maybe I'll tell it, maybe... You know, down the line, I'll open up about it. A lot going on. Let me tell you something. Life is crazy. Start keto. Here, start keto. Read the Bible. Get your finances in order. Start to make yourself better. Realize that there's something better for you out there in the world. That life doesn't have to be how it is at this moment. You don't have to be fat. You don't have to be struggling. You don't have to be afraid to look at your bank account. You don't have to be spiritually lost. You can find these things for yourself, but it takes inspiration. It takes a desire. Maybe you have to hit a rock bottom to find it. You know? Maybe you have to step on that scale and be afraid, but then look at that number and just be shocked. And it might not happen that day. It didn't. Ha- I saw 285 and stepped off and went right to fucking uh, Chick-fil-A. It didn't happen for me that day. It took a long time for that 285 number to become so bold in my brain. And to realize that people have heart attacks in their 30s. I think Dick Cheney, it's over an hour now, but I saw the movie, um, uh, you know, um, Vice about Dick Cheney. I really liked it. Very liberal, very liberal bias. Of course, it's Hollywood. What, What do you expect? And, you know, he won an award and he said some bullshit about Satan, Christian Bale. What a fucking idiot. But it was it was a great movie. I really liked it. You know, I think he had his first heart attack at like 36. That's two years from now for me. I don't have a heart attack at 36. So it could take something like that. You know, it didn't dawn on me right away. I saw that 285 and it took me a while to realize, holy shit. I'm not 24. I'm not invincible. This shit's real. Finances are real. Your spiritual development is real. It changes you. It changes how you feel about things, about the world, about those around you. 
It's powerful, man. You got to find that. Can't just keep going around in life just aimlessly. You know, enough people do that. Don't be one of them. Don't be like everyone else. Because everyone else sucks. People suck. Believe me, I know in the business that I'm in, people suck. They're awful. So don't be them. My favorite clients of all time was a Methodist pastor and his wife. They were such wonderful people. So spiritually spiritually fed and just so amazing. You know? So I hope you can find that for yourself. Like I'm hoping to, I'm, I'm finding it for me. 2019 is, is, is different. It's groundbreaking. It's different. It's not the same. It's not the same anymore. Life is different now. TMPS is different now. You know, it was in a cocoon for the past four months, and it's now broken out. It's, it's a new animal. It's going to be different. Some of the same, but it's going to be different. It could be just me. I don't know if anyone's ever going to be on the show again. You know, I have no idea. I'd love for Kyle to come on. Maybe one day Jason will be on again. I know he's a big hit on the show, big part of the show. You know, if you listen to 108 and before, for very for a lot of the shows, big part of it. Who knows? I don't know. But thank you for listening. And I think that's enough for tonight. And we'll see you next time on The Michael Papinchak Show. For all your tailoring needs, head up to Chico Tailors at 133 West North Street, Butler, PA, 16001. Call them at 724-287-5814. Email them at info at chicotailors.com. Chico is spelled C-I-C-C-O. Over four generations of experience goes into every garment.